All right, so uh, from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 12. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. And above all things, these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through the Father, through him. Let's say your scripture declaration together. Lord, we honor your word to us. May your truth become our heart's pursuit in our life's practice. All right. Thank you so much, Paul. I appreciate it. I don't know if we can even do this as we're seated, but why don't you guys turn and welcome each other in the name of the Lord this morning. I mean, we normally got to stand up, but maybe you can just kind of make yourself seen, you know. It is good to see you here. God bless you guys. Always a blessing to see each and every one of your faces. What a blessing it is to see you all here today. And we thank you for being here and being a part of things. Um, as you guys know, uh, or probably know, maybe not, uh, but I think probably you know that I was not here last week, but I just want to say a very special thank you to Peter Robinson for bringing the message. I listened to that. Thank you so much. Wonderful job, as always. It is absolutely a pleasure uh, for me personally to be able to just vacate the pulpit and let these guys who are clearly touched by God and gifted by the Lord to speak and to teach, and uh, both Eric and Peter do an amazing job, and uh, I appreciate you guys so much, and thank you for being here, uh, giving me the opportunity to really be with my wife and, uh, and share with her uh, and what she was going through. Now, I, I've been struggling a little bit, I'm not going to lie, I've been struggling a little bit because I want to make sure that I'm giving you information and keeping you updated because y'all's support has been phenomenal and it's been so incredibly appreciated. I can't tell you enough, when you're going through something that, like what we've been going through, you just want to make sure that you know that the people are, you know, with you uh, are getting the information and so if it feels like I'm giving you too much, I apologize, that's not my intention. Um, and I intend to give you a little bit of an update towards the end of our service. So uh, I'll be doing that at the very end and giving you information about that. But I'll be sharing, of course, from Colossians chapter 3 and talking about forward today, starting and sustaining momentum uh, clearly in the right direction. So let me just say thank you if you've already been a part of uh, the support and already been praying for us. It really has been something that we can feel. And uh, it has been uh, as peaceful and as good a process as it possibly could be. And uh, I thank you for that. Um, as you can see, uh, if, you're, if, you know, if you're an EHC you know, person, 
you know you can kind of look in the spot that Shelly's in and she's not there, right? Okay. Yeah, see, one of y'all just went, oh, where's she at? Uh, you like looked directly at her chair because you already know where she sits, right? So you know she's not here today. She is actually feeling really, really good uh, and doing really well, but not quite all the way back. And to be honest with you, I don't want her coming while she's on drugs. I have no idea what she's going to say. So, you know, we got to watch her. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, absolutely kidding around, but uh, she is on some uh, pretty, pretty stout medicine, and she's kind of weaning down on that, and uh, so she needs to be comfortable as that uh, medicine is kind of coming out of her system. All right, so you have seen that we're preaching and teaching this uh, last few weeks on forward, starting and sustaining momentum, and here's where I want to pick up with a something to learn. This passage of scripture that Paul just read, let me reference that, and we'll go a little deeper on that in just a moment, but Colossians is one of the prison epistles that is also known as a letter uh, of Paul, and most scholars believe that Paul wrote this, uh, those letters, there's four of them, from the uh, reference uh, to the end of Acts chapter 28, where Luke, the author of Acts, says Paul was left in his own house for two years, awaiting a trial, basically on a trumped-up charge by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem. So for two straight years, Paul was there. And let's be very clear, no magazine subscriptions, no internet, no Netflix. For two straight years, Paul was there in this rented house waiting, kind of with that sword dangling over his head on whether or not he'd be found guilty or innocent and whether or not he'd be allowed to live. But he had a very strong faith that he would be allowed to live and that God had his hand on what was going on. And so this is important because as you go to this next slide, this is really something that helps us to understand how we can take what Paul is dealing with and some of the background and grasp it a little deeper. Unfairly in prison, left alone, that's, I left out the A there, but left alone with his thoughts and no distractions, Paul clearly embraces forgiveness rather than fear or frustration. And then at the bottom there, I wrote this question for you. What about you? How would you fare in that time alone with your thoughts? You all understand what I'm saying? Here's what I want to do. I want to just take a moment and slow down here because the truth of the matter is is that we all can be distracted with everything in the world. I mean, literally, <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing. I'm not going to lie. If I actually reach into my pocket right now, I'm going to show you what I have. Okay, hold on. I have one earbud <laughs> and another earbud, okay? I can't afford AirPods because I'd need a new one every third week because I've dropped these things all the time. But I literally had these in my ears, and I was like, I can't quite hear the music the way I'm supposed to. And I realized I had these AirPods in my ears for, you know, just whatever reason. Have y'all noticed that you can be entertained 24-7, and it isn't even hard, and sometimes you've got the means to be entertained in the moment that you don't even realize it. But all of that scraped away. Have you ever felt that feeling of, wow, it's really quiet? <laughs> Have y'all ever had that feeling? Or, or, wow, the house is really still. Or, wow, my mind is really racing right now and I can't get it to slow down I could get distracted but I can't get it to slow down can I get an amen y'all know what I'm talking about right this is what we live with in 2023 and I'm gonna put these right here so I don't crush them y'all don't let me forget those okay all right here we go as we move forward 
I want to share with you this because I feel like most of us do not embrace forgiveness when things are quiet. We embrace frustration and fear. Now, I'm not going to ask for you to admit that because I know we're in church and I don't want y'all to lie. But how many of y'all know somebody who embraces fear and frustration a lot easier than they embrace forgiveness? Can I see your hands? I mean, y'all know somebody, right? I mean, it's not you. Clearly, it's not you or me. It's somebody that we know asking for a friend, so to speak, right? So here is what I want to share with you. Paul is unfairly imprisoned. He has every reason to not forgive on a human level, and yet he forgives. And this passage of Scripture that Paul just read a minute ago, he's not only writing that to the church, but he is declaring it to be true for him, that he will forgive and that he will walk away from the frustration that he has the right to hold on to. And can I just tell you something? For most of us, if we're ever going to move forward, we're going to have to let some things go that have been our constant companion. They have been something that's been a part of our life for a long, long time. But until we let it go, we will never be able to move forward and we will never be able to sustain that momentum that we need. So again, I ask this question, what about you? How do you think you would fare two straight years of being cooped up in the same four walls and wondering when that bad thing that could possibly happen will happen to you, how would you deal in the forgiveness area? Because I think most of us are challenged. All right, so let's keep moving here as we go on. And this is just trivial trivia, all right? So don't, all right, all right, Colin, don't go early. Don't go early, okay? Just stay right there for a minute. All right, so here's the question. About how many thoughts does the average person have each day? About 10,000, 25,000, 30,000, or 45,000. This is in the book Forward, and uh, this is according to Dr. H. Norman Wright. So how many of you guys want to venture a guess about 10,000? Can I see your hands? Anybody are, are y'all doing this? Or is like, like, I literally didn't see a single hand. Do I need to reconsider my A option, or are y'all not doing this? I don't need to know, okay? All right, what about 25,000? Can I see your hand? What about 30,000? Can I see your hand? What about 45,000? Can I see your hands? Most of you are, and, and we are doing this, which is good. So let's go to our next slide. It is actually about 45,000 thoughts per day. Now, most of those are way unconscious, for some of us more than others. I mean, let's be honest, you know, some of us are like, well, I think I had a thought. Um, well, here's, oh, okay, all right. I see what, what level y'all's humor is on. It's right there with mine. Cool, we're on the same page. So here is what I'm asking. Is this just trivial trivia? And I would tell you no. And here's why I would tell you no. That every single one of those thoughts creates something in your body physiologically. I've been telling you over the last few weeks and talking about it this all January about how every bit of change begins in our minds and then flows to our actions. But here is something that you may or may not know. Every thought that you have creates something physiologically in you. Now, if you sit there and think, I'm getting chased by a panther, you know, you know that's not true. But if you think about something really, really frustrating that is really, really aggravating you real bad, 
you will feel your heart rate begin to change. How many of you ever had that experience? And all you're doing is what? Thinking about it. That's it. And so if you have 45,000 thoughts and every one of them creates something in you, this is why doctors tell you how negative and how bad stress can be for you because it's not just a thought, it is much more physiologically. Let's go to our next slide. This is not just trivial trivia, and don't miss this. Many of us speak about the power of our dreams to inspire us to achieve, those, take those actions, and that is good, and it is true. However, we do often not pay attention to what effect the accumulation of negative thoughts have within our relationships, our jobs, our daily moods, our major life choices, and eventually our destinies. Now, I want to just share this with you, and this is something that I wrote down just kind of off the top of my head, but I want you to hear and understand. Every lost relationship with a child or a parent began with a shift in mindset for at least one of the people in that relationship. Have you ever thought about that? It began with a shift in mindset. Every affair that's ever happened began with a thought and an inner dialogue. Your anger at fill in the blank, whoever that is, that began with your inner dialogue. And then you say constant frustration with your job begins and maintains itself with your inner dialogue. Your consistent negative attitude about whoever it is, you fill in that blank as well. That is also from your own mindset. And then in number six, your shame of your past that affects your future. It lives rent-free in your head. It can't be beaten until you begin to change your mind and your mindset. Every one of these things comes back to, as Colossians says in chapter 3, setting your mind on things above and not on things that are here on this earth. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. So real quickly, I want to show this to you, and I shared this with you a couple weeks ago, this idea and this concept of a rearview mirror. And if you remember... I'm going to do the same thing that I talked about again, but that rearview mirror concept is there's one of them that's the windshield and one of them is the rearview. And you're meant to look back in the rearview only occasionally and mainly through the windshield. But again, your friend who you know and I know have that attitude oftentimes of switching those, right? They spend more time focusing on what actually has happened in their past rather than what is happening in their future. It's almost like they've shifted the rearview mirror and the windshield and they flip-flopped them and then they wonder why they can't drive their life in the right direction or can't sustain the momentum that they had because they've lost the plot and they've forgotten that we're supposed to forget those things which are behind and press towards those things which are ahead. And this brings us to our big idea and it's right here on the screen. This is the big idea that forgiveness is an essential cornerstone to Christianity, but it has to flow both ways. In other words, it can't just flow only from God to us. It also, in the same way, has to flow outward from us to really be powerful and change our lives. Now, I have told you this a thousand times that you divide the Ten Commandments into things that are vertical and horizontal. The first four 
are all vertical. And then the last six are all horizontal. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Have no other gods before me. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Uh, you know, all that. And then you shift and you go, honor your father and mother. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet. And on and on and on. You see, it's all vertical and then it shifts to horizontal. I've told you that a thousand times. Y'all probably could know that and almost knew where I was going with it. But here's what I would say. The forgiveness that flows from God to us, if it stops right here, it sours. It just sours. It stops being effective not only here, but also in your life. If you will receive the forgiveness that God has given and you will make yourself not a, a vessel, but instead a conduit, which means that's going to come to me and then flow in a different direction. As it comes to us, we receive it. It changes and transforms us and then we give it out and it changes and transforms things in our lives. It's incredible how it does. But if you hold on to it and say, well, this is important that Jesus Christ forgives me. And amen, thank God, and yay, you are correct. But that is not where it is supposed to end. Forgiveness is an essential cornerstone to Christianity, but it has to flow both ways. Would you guys say that out loud with me on the count of three? Ready, one, two, three. Forgiveness is an essential cornerstone to Christianity, but it has to flow both ways. All right, very good, thank you. That's our big idea. Let's go to our next slide. We go back to Colossians chapter three. Bearing with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Now, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna tell you what I see in this passage of scripture, <laughs> okay? I'm gonna tell you what I see in this scripture. I see that there's two things. There's bearing with one another, and then there's forgiving each other. And I see them as two separate things. How many of y'all in here are married? Can I see your hands? All right. Yeah, okay. So we're married, and we know. Okay, and, and how many of y'all have kids? Can I see your hands? All right. All right. How many of y'all have parents? Let me see your hands. All right, a few of y'all are like, yeah. Well, that should be everybody. I think anyway, anyway. All right, here's what I'm trying to convey. Sometimes my wife has to put up with me. She is not always enjoying every single, I know that's hard to believe. I know. I know. No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> She's bearing with me. Even when I haven't done something wrong, sometimes she is bearing with me. Now, I'm not going to lie. Shelly's pretty wonderful to live with. She's super quiet. Like, she's just like, I could never even tell when she's upset. That's just kind of how it is. And then finally, I'm like, she's saying even less than she normally does, which is crazy, right? I mean, so that's how it is. And I realize she's been bearing with me. She hasn't exploded. She hasn't said, Randy, you're horrible, right? She could have, but she did not. She's bearing with me. But then there are times where I have just flat out done something wrong. And again, I know that's shocking, but it is true. And as that happens, she has to, and I have to forgive one another. Do you see the difference that I'm driving at here? For some of us, we're not very good at bearing with one another. And that's why we're like the porcupine in the relationship, man. That's like where every single thing is frustrating to us. If every little thing is frustrating to you, you, un you need to understand that you are called to bear with one another. 
Sometimes you're going to get frustrated and it's more about you than it is about them. And it's going to feel like it's more about them than it does you. You're doing normal stuff, right? You all understand what I'm saying? Uh, I didn't figure I'd get any amens because y'all are all like, I don't know what he's talking about, right? This is difficult, but this is true. We are called to bear with one another. And then when it goes too far, we are called to forgive one another. And then as we go to our next slide real quickly, here's what I want to share with you. We must all decide what we will choose to put as our first goal. Is it to be right? Is it to win the argument? Or is it to have harmony both in the relationship within our own heart and life? And here's where I'm coming from on this passage of Scripture. I'm going to go a little further down in that passage and share what Paul read just a moment ago. And I think you'll see exactly what I'm saying. Let's go to our next slide. As you look at this next slide, bearing with one another, forgiving each other, and above all these things, and above all these other things that you want, you'd love to be right, you'd love to win the argument, but then above that thing, you have to decide, we must put on love, which binds everything in perfect, what's that last word? Harmony. If you have a child, can I tell you something? You would love for them to be that child that does exactly what you want them to do every single time. You would love that. But you know what? You can harp on them so hard and so long and so much that they will never be that child. They might even act like that child, but they will never be that child. Because it's important for us to grasp and understand that if you don't change a child's heart, you have lost the child, period. So you've got to be very careful that above all these other things that you might have wanted, you put on love. And that means that at times you will have to accept things that you don't love, but they're not wrong or sinful. So you say, you know what? I don't love this, but I'll tell you this. I love you. And so it's most important that you understand that I love you above all these things that I'd rather, die. I'd rather be right but more than that, I'd rather be in a relationship of harmony with you as my child, with you as my spouse, with you as my friend, with you as my parent. Go on and on and on down the list. Now, I've threatened y'all with this over and over. If y'all understand, can y'all give me a good amen? Amen? Okay, so as I share that with you, I'm going to keep moving because y'all gave me a good amen. Y'all know I just go back when I don't, right? Okay, so here's where we are. We're talking about moving forward, starting and sustaining momentum. Let me just share this with you very quickly as we go to this next slide. As we start and sustain momentum. I have my daughter Tori, my oldest daughter Tori here today. And uh, this is a picture of us. We went on a hiking trip together. Now, hold this thought. Hold on. Tori, wave at everybody while I go backstage for just a quick second. Y'all thought I was kidding, but I wasn't. That's me and Tori, and this is the backpack I was wearing whenever we were together. All right? Now, here's the deal. I actually have a dream and a goal, and that is that I will take every one of my kids, my kids, not, not somebody who married into this thing, uh, we'll figure it out. I mean, they're all going to be boys, so I'm not sure, you know what I mean? But... Here's the deal. With my kids, I want a relationship with my daughters. So as they've gotten older, I earn money, I set aside money, and about every two or three years, I try to take one of them on a hiking trip where it's just her and her dad. 
because I want to know them personally, not just as a group, but personally. So that is me and Tori, and this is the backpack I'm wearing. And there's me and Terry. Okay, okay, hold on. Don't do that to me. I can barely keep them straight. They're all T's, right? Okay, and so that is me and Taryn. Can you all see the backpack I'm wearing? Not really, can you? It's this one, actually, right here. See the, see the difference? Here's the difference. When I went with Tori, we had to have everything. We had to have everything, including our food. We carried in our food, our clothes, and our sleeping bags, which I realized I have a sleeping bag. I just forgot that it was in here because I haven't used this in a long time. There's other stuff in here as well. I, I, this could be embarrassing, so I'm not going to go any further, but there's a sleeping bag and other stuff. This is the pack that you use that is heavy. This is what's called a day pack. Y'all know the difference between a, a big hiking backpack and a day pack? So this is the one that you take for overnight trips. We were actually out for four nights, or four days, three nights, and had all of our food, all of our cooking stuff. I tried to carry more than Tori's. I bought her a backpack as well. It was smaller because I didn't want her to carry quite as much as I did. But this is the backpack that I went with Taryn in. And this is what's called a day pack. And guess what I do? After wearing a day pack, you empty it out. And then you go back and you fill it up for the next day. This is for wearing day by day by day. And this is for carrying all kinds of stuff in. Y'all see where I'm going with this. For some of us, the reason that we cannot move forward in our lives is because we're carrying this kind of pack right here. All the stuff that you've gone through in your life, all the people that have hurt you, all the frustrations, all the aggravations and hurt, it's huge, and you never get rid of it. But some of you are seeing victory in your life. It's because you're in this pack. This pack, if it had a Bible verse on it, it would say, Great is your faithfulness, for thy mercies are new every single morning. Empty it out, and whatever's in here at the end of the day, you can empty it out and start all over afresh again. Because God's mercies are new every single morning, and you do not have to carry this kind of weight. You can choose something different, but it will not be something that just simply happens for you. It's something that you choose. Are y'all with me? All right, so let's go to our next slide here. All right, here's what I would say. I shared this with you a couple of weeks back. Your steps forward, and I talked about these different ones. And I want to just focus here at the end where it says make a mantra. Definitely the biggest issues, the prayer, scripture, mindset that propel you forward. But I talked about making a mantra. And the idea of making a mantra, I, I put three or four of them on there. There was worry, there was comparison, there was negativity, and, and that one, that mantra was, I set my eyes on things above, not on things here on this earth. And then regret, there is now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Now, here's what I want to share with you. I highlighted negativity. That's, again, carrying a pack like this. And then I highlighted regret because all regret really is, if you really stop and think about regret, all it really is, is the lack of forgiving yourself, isn't it? 
It really is. You regret what you didn't do and you can't seem to get past it and you just do not forgive yourself. So, that leads me perfectly into who do you need to forgive and what does it look like? Let's go to our next slide real quickly. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Let it go. Isn't that great advice? And isn't that so powerful? Now, I've heard some people say that this is a remaking of what Nelson Mandela said. Some people have said this is Joyce Meyer. I do not know. That's Pastor T.D. Jakes right there from up in, I mean, he's a good Texas boy. Joyce Meyer, I think, is here in Texas. So it's all in Texas, right? So very good. But unforgiveness is like drinking poison, and then we wait for the other person to die. And how many of you know, by personal experience, it never ever seems to happen, does it? You're eaten up with this thing that you just simply cannot let go, and they are living a carefree life, and they could care less. They may not even know what's going on. Let it go. <laughs> uh, Y'all want me to sing like Elsa? Let me know. I mean, I, I, Frozen, let it go? Uh, no, I'm not. All right. Uh, I want y'all to come back next week, so let's keep moving here, okay? <laughs> let's keep moving to our next slide. How are we going to forgive and move forward? First of all, you begin by forgiving yourself. And then secondly, you practice on strangers. <laughs> How many of y'all have strangers who make you mad every single day out there on the Houston highways? Can I get an amen, right? If not every day, it's pretty close. But also, if you have to stop by the grocery store and you avoided it on the highways, then you're in the grocery store. And Lord knows there's some anger lurking among aisle 7, 8, and 9, right? Yourself and forgiving strangers. You begin by forgiving yourself, letting go of those regrets with that mantra of, you know what, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going to let that thing live forever. There is no condemnation, and God can redeem even the worst things that happen to me. And then practice with strangers. Here's what I mean by that. Every single day, I, I won't even ask, but I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. Every single day, you are tempted to lose yourself for hours, frustration of something that happened as you were on your commute. And you can choose that, but I just got to know why. Like, why? You will literally never meet them again. Like, it's a million to one that you'll ever see them again. And ultimately, are you ever going to be able to change them? Man, Jesus has been trying to change those fools for a long time. He's probably not needing your help when you pull over. You know, that doesn't help. It doesn't change them. The only person losing here is me. It's me. So practice by forgiving them. I have gotten a lot better at this. I still hate that person that dives in at the very end, just like every good Houstonian. I hate them, you know? I mean, I hate them, you know, in a Christian way, but you know. And so you're so frustrated, and it changes nothing. You're never going to be able to change them. And the only people that lose are the people that you love, the people that you work with, and you. Having all these thoughts about that idiot that you'll never know their name. And by the way, I've been that idiot before because I got lost. I've been that idiot before because I was about to run out of gas at a stoplight. And I knew that if I didn't run that stoplight, I was going to 
cause an even bigger traffic jam. True story. Not making it up, not pretending. And I ran that red light, and everybody thought, what is that idiot doing? And I was the idiot that day. There I was. But you know what? Forgive me. I didn't mean to, but why in the world lose so much time on it? That unforgiveness thing, if this is your thing, if this is the difficulty that you have, if you're the person who tends to carry that big green pack instead of the orange one, maybe you might have this as a mantra. I'm not going to drink that poison. I know a God has got this for me. From Romans chapter 12, that passage of Scripture, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy you know, treats you badly, let me just kind of shift It'll heap burning coals on his head if you will just simply forgive and move on. Because if they're trying to hurt you, then God will take care of it. And if they're not trying to hurt you, then God will let it slide and you don't have to worry about what's been, you know, unfairly meted out to those people. Let's go to our next slide real quickly. As we go to this, forgive and move forward. Now I'm really going to start meddling, right? Others from your distant past. I do want to go deeper here, but I also want to slow down and say that I know that I'm going deeper here. And so just like a, a surgeon, I need to go slow and make sure that you understand I'm not trying to hurt you, I'm trying to heal you. You know, the only difference between a surgeon and a guy who's sticking you up on the streets to steal your money is the intention. They both have a knife and they're going to cut you, but one is doing it for healing and one is doing it for harm. This is not comfortable to talk about, but some of you have something in your past that you need to let go of. Something that has defined you or at least defined a part of your life. And if that is true, I encourage you, the forgiveness that flows from the one who forgives you no matter what you've done, when you've been willfully rebellious, he forgives and asks you to begin to embrace that same forgiveness. It doesn't mean you've got to be great at it right away. It doesn't mean that you've got to have a t-shirt that says, I forgive you. It does mean that you need to begin to let some light in to clear out those dark corners that are full of some cobwebs that have been there for a really long time. That's others from our distant past. So here's where we'll go a little deeper. Let's go to our next slide. You've heard it said that you will love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you as Jesus is speaking on the Sermon on the Mount, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I don't know about you, but the people that hurt me in my past, they're not at the top of my prayer list. Can I get an amen on that? Sometimes Jesus says stuff that I wish he hadn't said. And this is one of those things. He calls us to love them and to pray for them. Here's what I have figured out. I know this is going to sound like a, a, a little, I don't know what, maybe like a little sweet little thing that you say. I have started to pray to be willing to be willing. <laughs> In other words, I'm not willing yet. But Lord, if you'll make me willing eventually, if you'll do a work in my heart that's supernatural, I'm willing for that to happen. And for some of you, you have been hurt in such a deep way that you probably aren't willing 
but I would just ask if you're willing to be made willing. I'm not trying to say this is a light thing. I'm not trying to barge in and, and stomp around in heavy boots on difficult things that have happened in your past. And I'm not even saying that those are good people or that, ah, oh, just forgive them. It's no big deal. It is a big deal. Sometimes it is one of the biggest things that's ever happened to you, but here's what I will tell you. If you're carrying that, you're the one who's got the poison. So leave that in the past. Walk away from that. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of the Father who is in heaven. That's a hard saying, but it is important. If you will ever move forward, there are things that you have to let go of. You can't keep picking up this pack and sustain the life that you want to have for yourself. All right, let's go to our next slide. This is, again, a little deeper. Maybe they're unaware of it. <laughs> I've had that happen. I want to just talk with you just real basic and real plain. Sometimes when you go and ask for forgiveness, have you ever had that experience where you're like, hey, I'm really sorry that I did that. Oh, you did that? You're like, yeah, I've been carrying it for seven years, man. I finally got up enough courage to come and tell you, and you're telling me you don't even remember that? How many of y'all know that that happens? It happens. Or how many have ever said that, and then they say, you know what? I regret that too. Or some of you maybe confront, and you said, you did this, and they're like, if I could change one thing in my life, it would be that. Is that enough? I don't know. But are you willing to be made willing if that's enough? It's there. <laughs> Sometimes they'll reveal more of their own story. You don't know this, but this is what happened to me in my past. You don't know this, but when that all happened and those words were said or that action wasn't taken or was taken, I was dealing with this. And suddenly you begin to see them not as the monster, but maybe as a person who's dealt with their own pain and maybe passed it along, not the right way, but it was still something else. Let's go on a little further. <laughs> you don't want to admit this, but how many of you have ever seen this happen? You tell somebody what they did, <clears throat> they say something back, and you're like, well, it wasn't just all you, it was also me. And like for seven years, you never thought you would ever say it was partially your fault, but then you come away and go, yeah, I actually had a part in that as well. It happens. And then the last one here, real quickly, on how to forgive and move forward. I think I had one more on there on the next slide, if I'm not mistaken. If they are who, they thought, who you thought they were, <laughs> if that is true, if they're exactly who you thought they were, then you've already done your part. And you have brought them to the Lord, and you have said, Lord, I'm giving up the poison, and I'm going to let you take care of this. And you would love to just, you know, slap them across the face. But your hand is about this big. And how big is God's hand? Let him handle it. Let him take care of it. Let him deal with it. And if they are exactly who you thought they were, it doesn't have to go in here. It can go in that one. And then you can say, his mercies are new again today. And I'm going to start letting go of that rather than carrying it around for the rest of my life. All right. 
So I hope you guys understand where I'm coming from, understand the heart that I'm trying to convey to you. I don't want this for you, and I'm sorry that this stuff has happened to you, but it doesn't have to keep defining you. Through God and in Jesus' name, it doesn't have to keep on defining who you are. All right, so let's go back on towards the surface. All right, here we go. We're battling back towards the surface. Let's go to our next slide, and I'm just about to bring this to close. There are others in your current life that you need to give forgiveness to. Because let's be honest, some of those people from your distant past, you don't even think about them. I was writing this down, and when I was writing it down, I thought of a guy who did something in my past that I haven't thought about in years that I thought would define me forever. <laughs> Crazy. Others in your current life that you have right now, and here's what I want to warn you against. Ultimately, the things that you have in your life that you do not confess and do not bring into Christ's forgiveness, they will grow and fester and get worse rather than get better. So you bear with those people, and then when the time comes, you forgive those people. And if you can't get there, tell the Lord, Lord, right now I just can't. You know how deep that hurt is. But here's what I know. I'm willing to, made, to be made willing. And I'm going to leave this in your hands and on your plate rather than my own. Now, here's what I would share with you. Let's go to our next slide very quickly. Those three elements of competence, confidence, and character. Every single one of these is influenced. This is the way that you sustain and move forward. And every single one of these is affected by these backpacks that you carry with all the stuff that you haven't let go of. You will never be as competent. You will never have the character and you will never have the confidence that you need to have to succeed in order to move forward if these are part of your wardrobe every single day. Let's go on to our next slide. And next slide, if you don't mind, I'm running short on time, so let me just hit this next one if you don't mind. So here's how you apply. You identify your issue, whatever that might be. You memorize your mantra, whatever that might be. And then you become a person who's transformed by the renewing of your mind through prayer, scripture, and setting your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. Now, real quickly, let me just share this with you. I'm sharing this with you over and over because I know that maybe today you might have an open window and you may have interests that you didn't have two or three weeks ago. But here's a four-month reading plan. There's one here. There's some right back there. And then there's some out at the reception desk. But until you begin to have the mind of Christ, you will always have a natural mind and never, ever a supernatural mind. And so you have to hear from Christ and understand who he is and what he's doing in your life. All right, all right. that's how you apply, and you can do that as well through the Bible studies that we're participating in as well. All right, so here is what I want to share with you. I loved the story that Peter shared with you guys last week about the guy with the shipwreck at the Titanic, right? Titanic. Okay, that was awesome. I thought, I can also do a boat wreck story. So I guess the moral to this story is don't get on a boat, if whatever is going on. Frank and Roseanne, we're praying for you on your cruise. Uh, Lord help you. All right, don't get on a boat. Here's what I know. In the book Forward by David Jeremiah, Dr. David Jeremiah, he shares this story. He says, in November of 2007, Alan Ryden, who's a tough, experienced Alaskan fisherman, took his 42-foot boat out for a month-long solo fishing expedition. 
but he basically encountered this huge storm that he did not see coming. Ryden managed to get his fleece jacket on, his survival suit on, and jump into the little raft that he had off that 42-foot boat. But then the boat went down. Just before the boat went down, he sent out mayday calls so they would know that he was having problems and needed help. So there he was. He's in the deep. He's in the cold water. Not the frigid, frigid cold, but cold nonetheless, right? And so he's out there. And can you imagine, just like the Apostle Paul, he starts thinking all the thoughts that he ought not think. He's struggling. He says that one of the things that was happening was in his mind, he started contemplating and literally doing the math figures on whether or not his insurance for his life was going to take care of his wife and son in an adequate way. And how many of you know it's too late at that point, right? He can't get back. He can't fix that. It's already done and whatever's in the way. But he said, I just kept going further and further down, not in the waves, but in despair. And you can imagine exactly that. And so he said, but then I thought to myself, if I keep going like this, there's no way that I'm going to survive. So here's what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to have in my mind, every time I am tempted to have a negative thought, I'm going to take that thing and figuratively throw it out of this raft like it doesn't belong here anymore. And so he would lay there for a little while, wishing somebody would come, hear nothing, see nothing, but then have that thought, and he would figuratively in his mind pick up that weight, and instead of putting it on his own shoulders, he would throw it over the boat and say, Lord, I'm going to leave that to you. Suddenly, he started quoting every scripture that he could. He began praying for God to intervene in his situation, and everything started to change. Everything in his mindset began to change before anything changed in his circumstances. But that's important to note. So he started saying to himself, at least I'm in this survival suit. At least I'm wearing this fleece in this cold. At least I'm in the raft instead of in the ocean. At least I made the mayday call instead of the ship went down before anybody even knew. At least I've got the best headlight that I possibly could have bought and it's working and they can see me if they come looking for me. And he kept saying at least, at least, at least and focusing on the positive rather than on the negative. His story was detailed in the book called Unsinkable Faith and I think there's a picture of it up here on the screen. But in that book, Ryden would later tell the author, there was definitely a grace from God. But this is what he was saying that was so powerful to me. He said, I had to fight for every inch of my thoughts. I had to fight for every inch of my thoughts. If you've been carrying something like this for years or decades, I promise you tomorrow it will be right there for you to pick up again. How many of you know that? But here's what I do know. If you begin to fight for every inch of your thoughts, maybe one day, you know, sleeping bag will be at least gone. And that will be gone. And then eventually, all the other stuff we're not looking for yet, eventually starts getting left behind. And suddenly, you begin to live instead day to day, day to day, realizing that God's mercies are new every morning, that he forgives, 
and he forgets. And we're the ones who choose to take these things on ourselves. So I encourage you, leave that stuff behind. If you want to move forward, begin now by leaving that stuff behind. Heavenly Father, I do not know what each person is dealing with. I do not know their past. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we have folks that have gone through some very difficult times. They've seen some things. They've lived some life. Sometimes it's been their fault and they'd like to get it away from them. It's called regret. Then other times, Lord, it happened to them and they couldn't change it. They want to now and wish they could leave it behind and not let it be something that's a part of their daily life. Well, here's what we know, Lord. You are the supernatural healer. You are the one who gives us grace. You are the one who forgives. We need so desperately your forgiveness, and we know that. But then we, Lord, need to take that forgiveness and share that with others so it becomes real in our own lives. Make us willing to be made willing, Lord. You are God. There is nothing that is too difficult for you. So God, we know that we need change and what we've been doing to bring it about has not been enough. So what we're asking for, Lord, is for you to intervene supernaturally and change us from the inside out. Begin with our minds. May our past fall away. And may we be walking, talking, testifying examples of the goodness and the grace of Jesus Christ and the way that you can transform a life like nobody else can. It's in Jesus' name we pray.